0: I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp. Welcome to the Biohack Your Beauty podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. Hello, beautiful ones. Today, Kaylee Carell of Expanded Flow joins us on the Biohack Your Beauty podcast to talk about the power of human design to hack your happiness. Kaylee blew me away with her unique perspective and translation of human design. I was so curious and now I'm officially obsessed with my design as a manifesting generator. I really want to learn everything I can, and I have to say, in this episode, I learned so much. Kaylee and I discuss how human design works and its fascinating origins. Kaylee also breaks down the five energy types, how to use human design to gain insight into fulfilling your purpose in this lifetime. And she shares some simple, easy tips to start living in alignment with your design. Haley has also graciously included a discount code exclusively for all Biohack Your Beauty podcast listeners for any one-on-one session with her. That code is capital D-O-R-A. All right, my loves, on to the show. Hello Kaylee how are you today?
1: I am good. Every day is amazing. (laughs) How are you?
0: I love it. I'm doing amazing as well. Uh, Refreshed after a nice weekend so it's really exciting. I feel like I've recharged and we're just gonna have the best interview ever today because the vibe is high.
1: The vibe is so high and I'm really honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me on and I'm really, really excited to dive in.
0: Amazing. Well, let's kind of start at the beginning. You are a human design mentor. Can you tell us about the journey that led you to doing this work?
1: Yes. So I was connected to human design at a point in my life where I really needed to be identifying with uh, the body. And I had been in a very like externally successful career in finance, in the business corporate space, and had been fast tracking my way through that. I was like a couple years away from my dream position as CFO of like a large company. And I was starting to feel, although I don't think I was super consciously aware, but I think intuitively I could feel that like this was not aligned for me. And that even though I was hitting these external markers of success that like so many of us are conditioned to believe are going to bring us happiness, peace, fulfillment, all the things, uh, I didn't feel any of that. I actually felt like extremely burnt out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt pretty miserable most of the time. And I felt just like disconnected from sort of this larger pulse of life. And so that's a little bit of like my career background. And I had gotten into this line of work actually in college when I was being encouraged to pursue a career avenue that would have like a lot of job security and be able to make steady income quite easily and it was a pretty predictable career track like and so all of these things felt safe and they typically feel safe but they didn't feel like me but this is where I was being encouraged to go and I wasn't receiving encouragement nor did I have like the self-confidence to believe that like what i was actually really passionate about studying in school was psychology and philosophy and so i was able to sneak in some uh psychology alongside and i was able to to get some uh a minor alongside of my my degree in finance but uh i allowed that to just be like a hobby as i moved into my career and i was I've always been super curious into understanding why humans are the way we are, why and how to communicate best in sort of relationships and like what makes you like fueled up and fired inside about life and how is that different for me and why is that? And so I, yeah, continued to educate myself like in psychology throughout my career. I was uh, very much a mental health uh, advocate like in the corporate space and I was leading a pretty large team when the pandemic hit in 2020 and was able to bring in mental health resources at the beginning of that time because I just knew that that was like going to be really meaningful and supportive in a space like that when there was so much uncertainty and instability happening. And so I'm always, I I definitely see myself as somebody who's like always challenged the status quo and always has had this intuitive inclination to help people feel supported and empowered in being seen as themselves and themselves first before any role that they might be fulfilling, um, whether it's at work or like even at home as like a mom or, you know, a sister or a friend, like who are you underneath that? And so I was still working in the corporate space, like up until about a year ago. And I was experiencing some pretty serious like health effects from burnout. Because uh, even though I was taking really good care of my team, I wasn't receiving the level of support that I needed from uh, the senior leadership. And it's just really challenging to um, exist inside of a system that's dysfunctional, uh, even when you might be self-aware and conscientious. Uh, So I had been given the opportunity to take on a, like a really big project for this company. And it was something that I was basically the only one that was qualified in the company to do it. But it was at the same time that I was having this really intuitive sense that like, I'm, I'm meant to be kind of pulling, pulling back, stepping away, figuring out what is this, uh, you know, how do I want to build a life and an income for myself that feels more harmonious to who I really am? And so I had the weekend to think about whether I wanted to say yes to this project or not. And this is where the human design piece, I think, really comes in. Is so they offered it to me on a Friday, the weekend to think about it. And I, just had this really strong gut contraction, like a visceral, it was like kind of overwhelming to my system. And I remember I was on my way to dinner to meet a friend and this contraction was just kind of like permeating throughout my whole body. And I was like, do I need to pull over? Like, what is this? But like, we're not taught, like at least in most Western cultures to like be able to attune to the body, to be able to understand what it might be telling us that it actually has a lot of wisdom that we can rely upon even when the mind can't make logical sense of it. So I was like, okay, well, this is weird, but I am going to take the weekend to like have these conversations with friends and family about whether to take this project. It ended up making logical sense for me to do this project. It was like a six month project and then take time off afterwards. And that would be the point in time that I would get clarity on the direction I wanted to go. But the universe had totally different plans for me. And so I said yes to this project on a Monday And the next workout that I did actually triggered a onset of health complications uh, from what I came to find out that I had actually developed like an autoimmune condition from all of the burnout and the like chronic stress that had existed while I was in this corporate environment. And so uh, it it was pretty severe, and so I my health deteriorated for a couple of months before it stabilized. And it was in that window of time where I hadn't yet been officially diagnosed, and so uh, we were on waiting lists to get into these specialized doctors because, as everyone kind of knows, there's been a huge demand for medical care over the past couple of years, and so. Uh, I needed to like surrender to like just whatever sensation was happening in the body, whatever was happening in my experience. I was now on medical leave. And this is when human design like came back into my life in a really powerful way because it completely found me. And I was like beginning to read a little bit about it. And it began, I'm a, I'm a generator energy type and sacral um, authority is what it's called. So my gut is the system of guidance for me making aligned decisions in my life. And so as soon as I started reading about human design, about my uh, genetic makeup, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like this is explaining not only like who I have always been, but like it's giving language to exactly like the circumstances that have parlayed into me being in this situation that I'm in now. Because for generators, like we have a lot of energy, but we're meant to be using it up in uh, projects, relationships, opportunities that we are excited about and turned on by. And we can get really fatigued, drained, and depleted when we're trying to force our energy uh, in misaligned ways. And so that was kind of like the the opening into human design. And then I think I ordered a book online to like see how I kind of felt from like an educational standpoint. It was a 400-page book. And I literally sat in bed and read it in like four hours it was like I could just feel the expansiveness and the excitement like emanating through my body and I was like okay this is like a pretty strong sign like I haven't been this turned on by subject matter in I don't know about like at least in the last 10 years but like possibly ever and so then that's when I decided that I wanted to pursue uh human design like education, training, and to, like, I was like, okay, well, this brings everything home, because this is, like, this honors the the little Kaylee that's always been so passionate about understanding, like, who we are, why we are the way we are and I can help people understand that about themselves and then beyond that I'm able to build a life for myself that feels purely like me and like the cool thing about human design is like when you live in alignment with your design then you experience more success like fulfillment expansion flow than like you ever could uh if you were continuing to build a life that wasn't you so That's, it brings me to where I'm at today and in conversation with you and I'll pause there. Beautiful. Wow.
0: So the big question is what is human design?
1: Yeah. So for anyone tuning in that's unfamiliar with human design, uh, human design is like the science of differentiation is what it's called, but it's the science of like who you actually are. Underneath all of the conditioning that we receive from the moment that we're born. And so it takes your date, time, and place of birth and produces this body graph or chart that gives you so much information into your unique genetic makeup. And it gives insight into how you're uniquely meant to run your energy through your body on a day to day basis, how to make aligned decisions uh, what is your like true personality expression, like not a conditioned personality expression, which when we're taking like assessments, like the Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, like we're still potentially answering from a place of conditioning and human design is not an assessment. It's just who you are. And so it's about, uh, learning and educating yourself on exactly what that means. And then it's a system that's meant to be experimented with because all of us have received conditioning uh, that have led us in various ways. It could be very small into making decisions that aren't authentic to us, uh, running our energy uh, like the person sitting next to us on a day-to-day basis when actually we're meant to be having a lot more fluidity and flexibility. And so it's, it's meant to be experimented with because it takes time to like kind of unwind all of that conditioning. We call it kind of not self uh, behavioral patterning, patterning and uh, to arrive at basically the true expression of you which you already are but it's like how how do you feel empowered in living your design correctly and then the byproduct is experiencing like deep levels of peace fulfillment satisfaction and success and it's really really a beautiful system
0: and where does this school of thought come from
1: so it was formulated by a man named Ra Aruhu in 1987, and it's emerging of Eastern philosophies like astrology, the Hindu chakra system, the Chinese I Ching, things that have been around for hundreds or thousands of years with Western science, and this is where I think it's really like something we haven't seen before because it's it's bringing the Eastern to the Western to bring in the science piece where we're actually looking at your genetics, your biomechanics, and then it also layers in quantum mechanics when you're living in alignment wow. with your design. So it's like this beautiful umbrella, and that's why for anybody that's listening, and this is your first time getting a flavor for human design, is I encourage you to go look up your chart. You can do that for free online. You can, I typically recommend people go to geneticmatrix.com. And if you input your information, then you're going to get this chart that's you, but it, it might look confusing or like seem like gibberish at first. And so that's why there's people like me and like so many of us in the industry that become trained in how to synthesize all of those layers together to be able to articulate and bring it through uh, to a client in a reading and so that they can understand themselves in a very uh, succinct way.
0: Wow. And first of all, that's so fascinating. I had no idea that it derived from those schools of thought of of Chinese medicine and, and Hindu medicine and astrology. I mean, that's so cool because it's really ancient. And then I can imagine that because There is that Western science aspect to it as well, that it's much more digestible, I think, for a lot of people because of said conditioning, right? We have all of these ideas now that we've been taught in school and in life. So can you tell us a little bit about each design? How many designs are there and what makes them different?
1: Yeah, so everybody has their own unique design. So no two designs are like, and also because of our unique uh, conditioning or support from our environments that we've received, we're going to express differently. But the place that we all start at the beginning of your human design experiment is with energy types. So there's five different energy types. And each energy type has a unique way of like running energy through the body on a daily basis, and you also have a unique function that you're meant to play in service to society. So it's kind of exciting because it's like it, I think it can be used as a tool of like understanding who you are, but also how you're connected to the whole and like kind of what your purpose is, like what the role that you're here to serve through is, and so. We can go through the the five different energy types if you'd like to do that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. So there's five different energy types. We can start with your energy type, Dora, because you are a manifesting generator. So manifesting generators account for about 32 to 34% of the population. And some of the characteristics of a manifesting generator, so you have what's called a defined sacral center. So your gut in your body graph is defined. So it means that this part of the body is speaking to you on a moment to moment basis. Mm -hmm. And some qualities of the manifesting generator is you're like the most powerfully diverse energy type of all of them because you have this juicy sacral life force energy within you. And then you also have an energy channel that moves to your throat center and the throat center in human design is responsible for manifestation and Mm -hmm. taking action. So you are typically described as like a multi-passionate, multi multi faceted human being. You do not fit well into boxes. Likely you have felt like that throughout your whole lifetime. You can also move and complete things very quickly and often with skipping steps and you likely are not going to feel supported when somebody tries to get you to adhere to a step-by-step process because manifesting generators actually process information in a very non-linear Fashion. So like you might get started on a project and complete steps A, B, and C, and then you move on to this new project that feels aligned and move that forward, maybe A through M. And then you come back to this first project. And then you're like doing D through Z, that kind of thing. But that that's how you're meant to operate. And that feels really good to a manifesting generator typically. So I want to pause and ask, does that feel like it resonates?
0: It's so funny. It's like, I'm sure you have this all the time, but what, that's totally me. Like that describes me to a T. So that's just amazing and
1: fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, very multi-passionate. It's important for manifesting generators to get support in your life for people understanding that, like, you're meant to do a lot of different things throughout your lifetime, you might experience several career pivots. Uh, and it's also really important for a manifesting generator to know that, like, even though you can move super fast and do many different things is like to not hold that same expectation for the people in your life because, There's these four other energy types and you may or may not be interacting with somebody who is one of these others. So we can move into, so we have a manifesting generator and then we have generators. So both generators and manifesting generators have this consistent access to their sacral center, which is located in the gut. That's what I was describing in my story earlier. So I am a generator. This accounts for about 35 to 37% of the population. Generators are able to do a lot, but we also do better with a more focused approach to the way that we uh, commit our energy on a daily basis. So we might feel a little bit better in a step-by-step process, but likely something that we've created for ourselves, not necessarily something that somebody is trying to impose on us, but generators are designed for mastery in this lifetime because they have the ability to both begin and complete something in a way that no other energy type has the ability to. And so for listeners that are listening in now, just kind of like allow that to, to be a point of contemplation of like, what does that mean? You know, in my, in my relationships in service and generators are meant to only commit energy to things that truly like light them up, that excite them. So I was referring to earlier, like that feeling of expansiveness, excitement that like emanates through the belly up through the whole body. My face lights up, that kind of thing. Uh, And to become or to invoke the courage to say no to things that do not excite you. Because what we've seen play out on a societal level is that uh, both generators and manifesting generators because we have so much energy have been uh, asked to do so many things that we don't actually wanna do. And we haven't had the self-awareness to know that like, hey, I'm actually not meant to be doing any of these things that don't feel resonant for me. And imagine a world that's co-created by all of these energy types that are living in alignment with where our designs, like we wouldn't be having processes where things exist, where people like are are perpetuating things that they don't actually like. So Then we have manifestors. So manifestors are about 9% of the population. And where manifestors are unique is that they're the only energy type that's actually meant to initiate things, to like go out and get it, to like get things started. And like all of us have likely received conditioning if we've lived in, you know, Western culture. Is that like, we're the only way you're going to be successful is if you go out and make it happen. And so for the manifestors, you're meant to initiate and you have this energetic makeup that enables you to do that really efficiently. And you're meant to be, you're often referred to as like the fire starters or like the innovators because you receive these like creative urges to like go and act and to bring something through that's never been seen. Uh, But you're meant to move through the world kind of unencumbered by other people. And so if, you know, a manifestor grows up in an environment where that's not understood or supported, then they might feel like they're um, needing to like, ask people's permission before they go do the thing that they really want to do or that they feel um just kind of angry that they're not receiving the support that they're that they're meant to have and for manifestors it's really important to not feel like you need people to understand your vision or what you're trying to create or bring through before you go and do the thing because you're you're innovating. You're bringing something completely new into the world, and so people might not fully get it. But the right people that support you are going to be people that uh, trust you. And so, it what helps a manifester move effectively, I think, through the world is informing people that may be affected by whatever it is they're planning to initiate. And then we'll come back to manifesting generators and generators for a moment. So, whereas manifestors have this strategy of how they use their energy correctly and effectively of initiating generators and manifesting generators are actually meant to respond to life to to and trust that life is bringing you something to respond to moment to moment to moment because it actually is your energy field is actually pulling and magnetizing things to you through that sacral center and so you're meant to respond in the moment, like a yes or a no, like, does do I like this? Do I not like this? And then once you get that uh, resonance that it's a, it's a yes response, it feels exciting, then you, then you can go take action. Uh, but it's, I think that this is like a big shift that a lot of people make once they start living in alignment with their design is instead of like initiating from a thought that comes through the mind is like wait to respond to something in the environment. And watch how magnificent that turns out. And uh, there's so many synchronicities that come through when you're living in alignment with your strategy for your energy type. That's amazing. I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. So then we have two more energy types. We have projectors. Uh, Projectors are the newest energy type in existence. They just started coming into existence around the late 1700s, and it will kind of make sense as I describe the qualities of a a projector as to why that is, but so they're now about 22% of the population, and their role in society is really supposed to be the guides, the mentors, and the way showers to generators and manifesting generators because they have an energy field that's able to like peer and focus into somebody that has this sacral energy center and kind of guide and see a more effective or efficient way of doing things. And so for projectors, like you have this natural intuitive ability to just see a more efficient way of doing things, to give advice, to like help people and want to make things better but likely uh, many projectors listening to this have experienced circumstances growing up where you wanted to give advice to somebody, tried giving it to it, but they weren't ready for it. They weren't welcoming of it. And so it didn't land. And then you end up feeling like not very good. And so what helps projectors use their energy most efficiently is using a strategy in human design that's called waiting for the invitation or waiting to receive recognition and an invitation. And so recognition is the uh, waiting for the other person to recognize that like you have advice that they want to hear and they're saying, hey, can I get your take on this? And that would be both recognition and an invitation to share. Uh, But projectors use their energy most effectively when they're developing the capacity to kind of self-validate, like I am like really great and knowledgeable and have a unique perspective to share and to showcase that maybe in the way that they market themselves uh, in the world. But then be patient and wait for the people around you to recognize you and invite that wisdom in. And that's gonna land so much better. It's gonna feel so much better to both parties in the relationship. And then for projectors, uh, you have, in so manifesting generators and generators have the sacral center, which is responsible for consistent life force energy on a day-to-day basis both manifestors and projectors have either an open or an undefined sacral center, which just means you have inconsistent energy levels on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Manifestors move in these creative cycles where they're propelled forward by like an urge, and then they need these creative rest periods. And then projectors, it can be uh, variable from day to day. Um, The cool thing about projectors is that when you do have the energy to do something, you likely will knock out like eight hours of work in two hours, but then you're designed to actually like rest and take more frequent breaks out throughout the day than like a generator, or manifesting generator would need to. And you're meant to fall into bed at night. Uh, before you're tired so that you allow your body this opportunity to kind of discharge any energy that you might've picked up throughout the day. That's actually not yours to hold on to. And you're going to sleep a lot better every night if you're allowing yourself that window of time to just be in your own energy to rest and unwind. And so we typically recommend to a projector to, to develop a habit of getting into bed like an hour before and then see how much better you sleep. And then the fifth energy type is our rarest energy type in human design. They're called reflectors. They account for about 1% of the population. And to be a reflector means that you have a lot of empathic and like sensitive capabilities, because if you were to look at a projector's chart, they have um, a lot of openness or undefined energy centers, all of their energy centers are undefined. And that means that their role is really to be surrounding themselves with a variety of different people and environments regularly, and to be kind of sampling the energy of other people, kind of uh, letting that run through their system, assessing of whether that's like healthy or not, and then reflecting that back to people, that's that mirror or that reflector capability that they they really emanate. And their role or function in society is to be like a barometer of health of like an environment or like a team or a group of people. And so if a reflector is feeling like the quality of energy is not good, like they are empowered to be able to communicate and reflect that back to people because they're able to see people in a way that like no one else can see themselves. And so they have like this really beautiful, unique role. I have a very close reflector in my life. And the cool thing about reflectors is typically, and all the other energy types, when they're in a reflector's presence, they're going to feel even more like themselves than they, they do when they're not, because this person is reflecting back you to you. So um yeah, each of these, each, each of the energy types has its own unique function that it plays in service to the whole. And when you can learn all of qualities of yours and how to best like run your energy through your body in alignment with your design on a daily basis, like you will feel so good, like not only so like you, but you'll also just experience so much ease and flow in a way that I truly don't think is possible without this this knowledge
0: there are also the there's like a profile right and so mm-hmm. what is somebody's profile because i know that that's kind of a step deeper and <laughs> and then but that says a lot right about that person so what is somebody's profile and that's something you'll also see when you look up your design right
1: yep so profile is a deeper layer of the chart It is a layer that we do cover in an initial one-on-one reading or session though it's actually like my favorite place to spend on somebody's chart because it gives so much insight into not only like your personality in this lifetime but also like what your role or function or how you can best fulfill your purpose in this lifetime is because the profile is taking the second two numbers on either side of your body graph. If somebody is looking at their chart right now, uh, there's like a a number on the top right-hand side and there's a decimal place. It's the second number on the right and the the second number on the left-hand side of the chart. And so we'll just go through your profile as an example today, because there's 12 different profiles, uh, but we'll go through yours. So you're a 5-1 profile. And so each of the profile lines, the five and the one has its own archetypal qualities. And I think archetypes are really digestible ways for people to relate to their experiences. So we'll go through like the qualitative aspects of each of your profile lines, and then we'll combine them together. And this is kind of fun because you're, you're hearing me uh, bring this through or translate this for you today for the first time. So I'm going to be really excited and curious to hear how this lands. So the first number in a profile is more of your conscious awareness of your personality. So you're going to be likely more aware of these aspects of self. And then the second number are likely qualities that other people are going to be able to easily recognize in you. But through self-awareness and learning and deepening into your design, you begin to see both elements and understand how to, to harmonize with both. So the first number, uh, line five, the archetype that I offer is the liberator or the fixer or the challenge solver. And so the line five is unique because you actually uh, have a projection field is what it's called, where people project onto you what they see you to be because you have this Essence to you that you're able to like save the day. You have the save the day, like hero type energy that you can help people solve their problems. And so they're going to project whatever they need help with onto you and they're going to come to you and ask for that. And so living in alignment with a line five is, first of all, like recognizing and embodying the knowledge of this projection field, but it's developing the, uh, courage and the confidence to only engage in helping or solving things that are actually of interest to you. So as a manifesting generator, does this excite me to help this person? If not, then uh you're actually meant to to say no, to turn it down because what's interesting with a line 5 is your reputation is very much dependent on how effectively you solve other people's problems or not. So I'll pause and ask if this is
0: resonant. <laughs> I'm like laughing to myself. Cause I'm like, this is my whole life. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's so very much resonant with, with my experiences and also my interactions with other people. So very much in alignment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you hold this very powerful, like innate leadership role because the line five is able to see how to provide the most practical solution that helps the most people. So it's not surprising at all to me that you have a podcast and that you're sharing all of this beautiful wisdom and information with, you know, a large audience of people that can digest that. Like that's very much a line five expression in in my opinion. And then Uh, The line one energy, so the archetype that's described in human design literature is the investigator. Mm -hmm. It's also like the researcher. There's this innate like curious essence about wanting to dive in, learn all of the details, all of the facts, and accumulating that knowledge and that research and that wisdom helps create a sense of like internal security in your life as well and you're seen by other people as being this like knowledgeable resource. Like if somebody is wondering, like, should I go to Tulum? And like, why, why or why not? Like they know that they can go to you and ask you those questions. You're going to be able to list off like five or 10 reasons why, and you've like already looked into X, Y, and Z. And so here you go. Oh my God. That's so crazy.
0: It's absolutely true. And I feel like if you ask other people and they're like, is this Dora? They'd be like, yeah, that's totally Dora. Cause that's exactly what happens. Right. <laughs> I totally love knowing every single aspect and people come to me for that information. Cause I, it's just so easy. It just comes easily.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Comes easily. And for line 1 like you're meant to feel empowered to follow those curiosities throughout your life and to be in environments where that's supported and it's beautiful because you're able to serve the collective from like really being this like teacher archetype as well and i also think what feels very supportive to a line one's energy is spending A fair amount of time alone and introspection. So you can kind of assimilate and synthesize all of the things that you're accumulating and and researching.
0: Oh my goodness. I love that. I do understand why you say having this information, it, it really is very freeing, right? Because on one hand, it helps you understand why you are the way you are. And especially when you have kind of lived a life that hasn't necessarily nurtured and supported those aspects. And then on the other hand, you're able to to say, how can I move forward? And what are some ways that I can support myself moving forward? Yep, exactly. And so when it comes to living in alignment with your design, what are just some really basic things to start with?
1: Mm. This is a good question so the first place i would recommend with beginning to gain comfort with is so most of us are teaching human design in a way where we're acknowledging that there's a lot of information and conceptual understanding that can be derived from the system but because this is a tool that you're it's a lived experiment you're living in alignment with your design it's not going to be super beneficial to just have all of the the mental knowledge of it you're meant to actually bring this information into the body experiment with it embody it on that cellular level and uh, unwind the conditioning that has not supported you to to live out the true expression of who you are. And so, what I offer to the people that I work with and to anybody is to start with the like three or four basics of your human design, which is learning about your energy type. Each energy type has what's called a strategy of like how to utilize your energy effectively to minimize resistance on a day-to-day basis and maximize the experience of ease and flow and so energy type strategy and then everybody also has what's called an authority or an inner authority there's seven different types of those but that's That part of your chart is about how you are meant to make aligned decisions and no energy type, nobody has an inner authority that is the mind. The mind is not your primary decision maker, which is like, whoa, (laughs) so (laughs) contra to everything that we've been conditioned because there's been this huge, heavy reliance on how mentally uh, strong we are, how like we cultivate our ability to rationalize or critically analyze a situation point, case in point, I think with the situation that happened with me and in, in my career and deciding to take that uh, project when actually it was not in alignment for me to. So inner authority will vary depending on your chart, but Uh, for you and I we actually have the same one it's called sacral authority so it means that the gut is able to respond in the moment and uh, it responds with like a yes or no of like a this or that and to begin to experiment with whatever your unique inner authority is and make decisions following the guidance of that and so that takes time because it the mind it's you know serving this function in our bodies of trying to protect us it it it's more comfortable with things that are known and familiar and so it's going to you know potentially feel uh a little weird to begin like making decisions from this other place of the body or through this other process other than conceptual rationalization so i would offer energy type strategy and authority and then what we always say in human design is like the bread and butter of your design is learning to live in alignment with your strategy and authority. Mm. So, for manifesting generators such as yourself, it's waiting to respond and then using your sacral authority to, ter- to determine what is it responding to? How is it responding? Is it responding yes or no? To follow the yes uh to follow the no and to know that like the mind may not be able to make logical sense of like why something is a yes or, or a no. More often than not, the mind is not going to be able to immediately be able to tell. And that can also feel a little weird at first. And so I just offer to anybody that's listening to give yourself permission to be patient with this process. We call the process of living and experimenting with your design, a process of deconditioning because it it just takes time to unwind some of these patterns and to feel safe and comfortable and confident and trusting that like these inner authority uh, communication patterns through the body are guiding you to things that are gonna be more expansive, more exciting, more successful than anything that the mind could have led you to, uh, had you chosen to rely on that. So I would say energy type, strategy, authority, and then profile is like a good segue into beginning to understand what your life purpose and how you might want to express that. And those are part of some of the deeper layers of the chart.
0: Incredible, thank you so much for that.
1: So there are
0: three questions we ask every guest on the Biohack Your Beauty podcast. And the first one is, what is your definition of beauty?
1: What is my definition of beauty? I would say beauty is completely subjective, much like our experience of living as ourselves in the context of human design. But beauty for me, it feels like it invokes this sense of being connected to something larger than myself. And so I find beauty most easily when I'm going for a morning walk and looking at like the flowers I love looking at flowers and just looking at the diversity like looking and observing them in the different seasons when they're just about to bloom and when they're uh in full bloom and and so for me it's anything that invokes that remembrance that like I am a part of something that is unified and and so much larger than myself and, and my mind. What is your favorite inner or
0: outer beauty tip for our listeners? My favorite
1: beauty tip is to live as yourself Mm -hmm. because the more that you live as yourself, the, the, more that you emanate radiance and you magnetize like so much magic and beauty to you without having to effort or hustle or force. And so live as yourself, be yourself.
0: Hmm. So good. And where can people find you?
1: So right now I have a pretty wonderful community on Instagram you can find me at expanded flow that is my brand and then I also have website expandedflow.com and yeah, I am beginning to put together more community events, both in person here in Utah, and then also online. And a lot of that is market, marketed through my Instagram community or my monthly newsletter, which you can also find through there. Uh, but yeah, I I am somebody, it's part of my design where I love connecting with people. So If you listen to this episode today and you feel called to reach out and connect and let me know like what you thought of it, what was most insightful, I love receiving messages like that.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Kaylee. This was absolutely wonderful. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to just keep learning about human design. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. This is the tip of the iceberg. It's been such a pleasure, Dora. And I hope that we're able to connect with one another in the future and dive even deeper into human design. If you loved
0: this episode, please give this podcast a positive review on iTunes or Spotify. It helps us spread the word about the power of holistic health and beauty, and it helps this podcast grow. If you share your favorite takeaways from this episode on Instagram, please make sure to tag me so I can reshare. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful week.